Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Explorative Podcast. Welcome back to the Exploring Podcast. I am your host, Rob, and joining me again for the first time in some time is Drexy. Welcome back, Drexy. Hey, Rob. How are you doing? Um, You're mighty cute today. Hey, thanks. Uh, yeah, we were doing this for way too long before the show, and we decided that Drex sounds like Duke Nukem. So... It's been a long time, sucker. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I love it. This is how the show's going to go. Hey, it has been a long time. I'm really excited. Yeah, it's good to uh, hear your voice again. It's man. good to hear your voice, especially when you make that sound, when you do that voice. I like it a lot. <laughs> I like it a lot. And you know what? Who else, who else here? You know, we're, we're the whole gang's here, really. It's Ben. Welcome back, Ben. Thanks, Rob. How are you doing? I'm good. And you know, I'm really excited that Drexy didn't actually start with, uh, not bad, Rob. What are you doing? Whatever the hell he used to say all the time, every time. What did you say? Let's go back. Let me try this again. And welcome to the show, Drexy. Hi, Rob. How's it going? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's it. Uh, yeah, that, that's it. That's what he says. And he didn't do it this time. It's really good. Hey, you know who's also here? Sean. Welcome, Sean. Hey, Rob. How's it going, man? Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> is that your? Is that your American? Yeah, no, it was, it was actually... I just thought about it beforehand. I was like, I wonder what this would sound like. And yeah, everyone was like, hey, that's actually good. Oh, okay. Your your American's your way better than my Australian, so I like it. And I mean, that's a low bar. Even though. the crow's speaking American. Listen. Yeah, I can hear that crow. Crow's got an accent. <laughs> Stupid crow. All right, well, hey, we're going to, we're going to catch up. There's, it's been a long time. In fact, I think for the last like two months, we've... Pretty much exclusively done interviews, except for when Drexy and Ben talked to Lucid Tactics last week. Actually, you guys talked to him a long time ago, but then it was finally released last week. So I'm really excited to be back. It's been a while. We've we've had a lot going on. I know that all four of us really have had a lot of life events that have kept us away from being able to do this. So it's good to get back to you and and chat. How are you guys doing? Like how how, how how's life? Uh, well, you know. Moving on, moving on, slowly. Yeah. I don't know. I've been really weird lately. Like, I've been struggling to actually enjoy games at the moment. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I, I sit here looking at my Steam library and, uh, what do I fancy playing? And then I end up just closing it. <laughs> not, 
playing anything at all. <laughs> I, I'm actually experiencing the exact same thing. I mean, I've been doing a little bit of recording lately because I feel like the YouTube channel has been kind of, you know, slacking a bunch. But I've I've really struggled to enjoy a game lately. The last game I really enjoyed was Elden Ring. And then there's been other games that have come out and like demos that have come out and really just a lot of stuff that's come out and all of them have really just not really done it for me. And I'm, I'm the same way. I just haven't really been excited about video games right now. Maybe that's why we haven't really gotten back and started talking about video games because I think we're all kind of in a rut. Yeah, Elden Ring was the last one for me. I still need to go back and finish it. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm the same with that. I've not finished Elden Ring yet either. I was playing it with my girlfriend and we... Because there was some stuff going on at home that was pretty, like, stressful. So the last thing you really want to be doing when you've got stress going on is, like, play a game like Elden Ring. Cause <laughs> it was, we were both, like, getting to the point where we were pretty much almost throwing the controller across the room. <laughs> you know what? If you get to the point, by the way, where you're staring at your Steam page and, you, you know, your Steam library and you don't know what to play, just do something else. I think usually that's a sign that you're... You're probably supposed to be doing something else with your life for a little while. Uh, just don't do what I did in 2007 and take like an eight-year break because that's probably a little bit too long. <laughs> yeah, I think one, one thing that we did enjoy, I did enjoy, was uh, playing Talisman with Ben and Richard and my friend Seb the other night on Twitch, which was fun. Yeah, so Richard York um, invited us to play, come and play Talisman and some board games basically on his uh, Twitch channel. And I don't think there was anybody watching, although there might have been a couple of people, but it was it was just a good laugh. Sometimes I think it's nice just to play something that's more social and not really, you don't really have to think about it too hard. And Talisman's a good game for that because it's very much a look-based game, but it's a decision-making game as well, you know. So and when you're playing with other human players, there's quite a lot of sort of diplomacy and sort of backstabbing and all sorts of stuff that goes on so yeah sometimes it's cool just to to do something that isn't necessarily trying to engage your brain with some really really complex forex game you know and just play something a little bit more mindless yeah i think that's why i'm still trying to like rekindle my love for video games because that is the only time that i feel mindless you know like i was thinking about this the other day there was actually a, a a really good point brought up on a youtube channel i think it was that like i guess men in general are able to shut their brains off more often and more like completely than women do. And my wife and I were talking about it and I was saying like, yeah, you know, I, I don't think that's really true for me, but I do think that when I'm playing video games, my mind as, as far as like outside worries, you know, external things, it, they, they really just, it really just shuts them off. So that's why I, I keep trying to get back into video games, but it's not really working for me. And I'm, I'm hoping that there's something, that will come across my desk eventually here that really gets me. I'd say one thing that's quite engaging for that is reading. Reading a book is so engaging. It's like, because you have to focus on it. And when your mind starts wandering, if you're reading a book, you tend to miss stuff. I think with a video game, it's a little bit easier for your mind to kind of like wander off to the to the stuff that's going on in your life around you. So, but video games can be incredibly engaging as well. I mean, I was just talking to Rob before we started the uh, the podcast. I was like, I'm, I'm quite glad that I looked at the time because I'd started playing Mountain Blade, um, uh, Bannerlord from Mountain Blade 2. And that's a game that if I just allow myself just to, you know, relax too much, I'll lose hours, man. And games like that, where you've just got some sort of fantasy world, especially with RPGs, you can just escape into them for such, you know, for, for hours and hours at a time if you'll allow yourself, or if you've got the time to do it. Yeah, I think I'm kind of the same at the moment. I haven't actually touched a tactics game in a while. Like, I, well, what's been going on with me is I've um, started a new job. They've sort of chucked me in the deep end at the moment. I'm in like a trial by fire kind of stage. 
but it's sort of the more time, the more I'm there for, the more work that's available. So I'm doing stupid hours and I just sort of don't really want to do anything when I get home. I'm just exhausted anyway, except for the weekends, which aren't really mine anyway. But I've sort of just gone off what I usually play. I'm going more back into games that I used to play as a kid, like shooters and real-time strategy and that kind of thing and goofing around with friends. So it's it's been quite cathartic too. I think going back to the games that I used to play and haven't really touched for a long time. And I've also... Oh, uh, Destiny 2. I got back into that, which I, I played that ages ago. I think it was like the second year I bounced off it really, really hard. And I was just like, that's it. I'm done with this forever. And then I sort of got back into it when the latest expansion came out. And I was like, hey, this actually is, you know, it's pretty good now. It's not garbage. And it's sort of, I've, I've managed to curtail the experience down to where I'm not trying to do everything and burning myself out. And I'm just sort of doing the fun bits that I want to do. And it's made it way more fun. Like you're not trying to do everything that's there because you'll never get it done unless you're like a streamer with unlimited time to do it. So I'm just sort of like, all right, I just want to be space wizards, killing monsters in space and doing stuff I want. And that's been really nice, actually. Yeah, funny enough, I actually bought a first-person shooter myself. I got the new Call of Duty Vanguard and I have been enjoying myself, which is weird because I don't know, I haven't really played first-person shooters since I was young. And I, I did the same thing. I was trying to figure out something that was like, you know, fun and maybe a little outside my normal spiel lately. And, and I started playing it and I've been really enjoying it. I think that's where I'm at right now is just trying to like find maybe like rekindle some of my love for older genres that I haven't really touched in a while that have, especially since I've gotten into Explominate, you know, I've been really centered on the Forex and strategy games. So yeah, playing some Vanguard and like killing some Nazis, some Nazis, Nazi Nazis. Um, It's been really fun. How big is that game? Because I played the last one with some friends online. And uh, in the end, I just had to uninstall it because it, it was just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it was like over 300 gig. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, it was in uh, my SSD. It's huge. It's like 180 gigs. So I mean, it's not. But I, I I picked up a terabyte SSD, so I'm I'm, I'm okay with it. But I, yeah, it's, it's a huge game. But I'm having a lot of fun with it. And right now, I've, I've just... I've deleted a lot of the other games that I wasn't playing, you know, just sat there and like were calling my name and I just wasn't playing. So it's, it's fine. But yeah, no, I, I'm having a lot of fun with it. It's a, I mean, it's really weird how like, you know, a game like that, which really isn't like, there's no real thought involved. I mean, you're just shooting and you're not, you're just moving from spot to spot and there's no strategy or tactics involved whatsoever, but it's still fun. I mean, I have, I've had a lot of fun with it. It's funny because this is kind of a theme going with Explominate, but as usual, I've kind of like, I'm doing something similar, but I've gone to like an older style game. So I've been playing Ion Fury. I don't know if you're aware of that. It's it's a game that's made with the uh, 3D Realms uh, Duke Nukem engine. I can't remember what the name of the engine is now, but it's basically the whole game comes in about 80 uh, 80 megabytes and it's just like 2D, you know, 2.5D shooter, but it's really fast paced. Yeah, so I've, I've been playing that, like, as always, Battle Mode finds some old, crappy-looking sort of, <laughs> like, vintage game to kind of, like, to bring to the table and go, hey, guys, check out this stuff that I was playing in 1995. <laughs> <laughs> that does sound like you. I feel like you should change your Actually, name from Battle Mode to, like, vintage uh, something, something with a V. Vintage Battle Mode. Vintage vintage <laughs> Mode. Old Man. Yeah, it sounds like a tease. <laughs> Sounds like a fine cheese, doesn't <laughs> yeah, it? it does. Like a wine. It is like wine. Yeah, I yeah. kind of went back to my roots too. Roots, I guess. Maybe that is just a recurring theme at the moment. I went back and was playing the um, 
early Ghost Recon games, which is from sort of from when I was a kid and I had them on Xbox, but I obviously I don't have an Xbox anymore. And so I got them for PC and was playing them. And I was like, man, this is way better than anything I've played lately that's a shooter. So yeah, maybe it is a recurring uh, I thing. told you, you see, this, this whole things were better back in the good old days it will get you eventually like you'll you'll start looking at all these flashy new like 3d games and thinking ah you know battle mode was right all these new games suck <laughs> stuff from 1995 so much better man no you're right i'll take your word on that one yeah it's true <laughs> well with that i think it's time to maybe get into some of the news we've missed over the past forever there's a lot to catch up on so uh, let's do that <laughs> Yeah, so there's quite a bit. I mean, I wouldn't even know where to start, really. We could start with more recent stuff, which is probably that the Boulevard updates and also an announcement for the port of Humankind to consoles has come out. So first of all, the Boulevard update is probably the one that's probably been the most anticipated since they started talking about some of these changes and the really big thing that I can I could probably say is probably like one of the most most frequent complaints I saw was the force surrender mechanic where, you know, if you reach a certain war score within the game that you were forced to surrender regardless of which side. Like even if you were I sorry, it wasn't a war score, but it's um like war wariness or something. I forgot exactly the, the, the gameplay mechanic. But like if you on even though if you were winning. An, an actual war, if your war wariness got too high, they could force you to surrender. Uh, the other team could, even if you were winning. So they got rid of that. Um, it's not mandatory anymore. So I guess it's an option. And they now have where now have it where the the natural wonders have unique effects. Not, they used to have like you know a generic effect for each of the natural wonders, and they are all the same thing. But now they all have unique effects. And now, like Civic show their unlock conditions and a bunch of AI bonuses and like luxury resource distributions have changed. And they actually have added a bunch of free cultures. In fact, they, they've only actually added one free culture for free. Let's try that again. They've only added one free culture, but they have since released two DLC that have both released six, I think, six yeah, six cultures each for each of the DLC. So there's 12 new DLC or 12 new cultures and then the 13th being the Mississippians. So there's a lot of new content for Humankind. It's a game that I really want to go back to because I enjoyed it a lot and it looks like the things that I kind of really got bothered by were were fixed. So that's that's, uh, that's good. Yeah, good times. Rob, I've got a question for you because I, I haven't really played Humankind. In fact, I haven't played it. Why do you think it was that they put in that mechanic where you had a forced surrender when you got to a certain point of war weariness? Do you think that they they were trying to keep the game from being just kind of like a straight up war game like Civ can be occasionally if you allow it to be? Yeah, I think they were trying to to keep it from becoming a slog. And they also, I believe, were trying to make it seem somewhat realistic in that if you didn't have like the support of your people for a war, the you know, it was basically going to, you know, in a way, just sort of dissipate and dwindle. So I think what they were trying to do is like keep it so that you 
could only, yeah, basically wage war long enough to like accomplish your goals and then move on. And if you continue to move beyond that and continue to wage war beyond that, that your people would eventually say like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. And the other faction could force a surrender, right? Force, force like white peace terms. And I don't know, it just, it didn't work because, you know, a lot of times people were ahead and they were doing really well. And then the other faction, the other side would force a surrender. And a lot of times you actually lost things as a result. So it's like, that doesn't make any sense. Why would I lose things when I'm doing well? But yeah, they've thankfully have finally gotten rid of that. And, you know, since the release of Humankind, it's just they've had a lot of updates. And, you know, the only thing that I'd say that Humankind could really, I mean, if you're just, if you're not a big fan of Humankind, like, and I think the most people are not a fan of the culture mechanic, you know, the way that people or the way that your culture or your civilization changes cultures every era. I think that's like the biggest bugbear for some people. And I think that's, I mean, that's never going to go, right? So that's like, a main gameplay mechanic. So at this point, if that was your main complaint, you're never going to like it. But if you had some like legitimate gameplay frustrations with some of the things that were, you know, maybe, maybe not working as intended or working well, I think you should jump back into humankind. Cause it looks like it's, uh, it's doing pretty well. And a lot of people are, are turning around about it too. So I'm, I'm looking forward to maybe jumping back into it. But again, as we've mentioned, you know, strategy games really just aren't my thing right now. So it might be a little while before I jump back in. Maybe there'll be an expansion or something before I come back. So Distant Worlds 2, in a similar sort of position, I guess, to Humankind, I think it was released in a state where quite a lot of people weren't happy with it at all. And uh, I mean, that kind of included me because I was one of those people where I was really affected quite badly by the performance issues with it to the point where um, I had to actually abandon a series that I was you know recording for Explorminate because it was just that bad and it's only really just kind of got to the point now where I can play that game and it's not you know that I don't suffer from these huge uh, slowdown issues and crashing Um, but they've just released a major update anyway it's version 1.0.4.8 There's loads of stuff basically uh, to do with fleets, um, with fleet engagement ranges. And I think what one of the big things that they've done really in this, in this update is they've kind of, they've actually explained what a lot of this stuff does along with tightening up the descriptions of things like fleet engagement range versus engagement range of individual ships. If you try to explain how to play Distant Worlds 2 to somebody who hasn't played it before, very much like with the first game, it's so confusing. And that, you know, they, they use terminology that's kind of like used in multiple places. So you're never quite sure what it is that you're talking about. Um, the UI is kind of good, I think. Other people don't agree. And, but I think they've, they've started to kind of reorganize things now, Code Force, and they're, they're making it so that, you know, the complaints that people have got about things like, you know, what is the fleet engagement range, you know, versus the ship engagement range versus, you know, the different types of automation for different things. They're starting to kind of tighten that up. And I think that's really important for this game for people to be able to get into it properly. Like with Humankind, if you're not sold on Distant Worlds 2 in a core way, it's, none of these updates are probably going to be anything that's going to change your mind about the game. But, you know, this is just tightening up. This is this is basically tightening up the game. And I don't know, I like Distant Worlds 2. I think, I think people were a little bit harsh on it, to be honest with you. I understand that people were probably a little bit disappointed. I know Rob was in this camp you were kind of disappointed, weren't you, Rob, that it wasn't taking the, the game in a different direction to the original? Because I think it's fair to say this one's very much a, a, a kind of iteration on the same formula of the System World Universe. Yeah, I was going to say that I think, man, 
I know we're not allowed to talk about about beta that much. In fact, I think it's still NDA'd. But I I just remember always feeling like there was something not quite hitting for me. And I really wanted it to. And I still want it to because even as I play it, and I haven't really touched it much since the release, but it just doesn't feel as magical as the first one did. And I don't know if that's because it just really feels like a modernization of the first one and nothing's changed. And therefore like nothing really it's nothing's been brought to the table. That's new, but I, I I do struggle to enjoy it and I I can't quite put my finger on why. So I, I guess I'm just going to stand by and, and watch and wait and maybe come back to it in a year and see if it'll, it'll reignite that passion or maybe you know, it just came at the wrong time because I was already starting to lose this like massive passion for Forex and strategy right at the same time that it came out. But yeah, there, it, for me, it's just there's something missing and I'm, I'm waiting and I'm hoping that I'll come back to it and I'll find it. And if not, then, you know, I, there's been some people who say that it's like the biggest disappointment they've ever had with Forex gaming. And uh, that's sad. I feel like really, I feel really bad for not only for Code Force and all them and Matrix and, and Eric Rutens and all them. But just that, you know, there's people out there that were that disappointed by it. Well, it's definitely not a big disappointment like sort of stuff too. But uh, I haven't played it recently, really. I really need to go back because this patch sounds really good. But uh, I think one of the other things that are kind of bugging me is just the lack of races because Distant Worlds Universe had so many. So it, it makes replaying uh, not as fun, I guess. I think that might be part of the problem, Rob. Yeah, and they're just not asymmetric enough for me. You know, like there's uh, what I'll say is like in, in the in the first one, it, they weren't terribly asymmetric either, right? Like there's bonuses and there's different win conditions and stuff like that. And I think the win condition stuff is really cool, but you know, like there doesn't it doesn't feel like a drastically different game playing you know the Hakunish versus the humans. You know, like I, it, it just doesn't really feel like a, a very different game. I mean, the way that the game plays out feels different, and that like you know your setups are different, and you can make you know, you can end up in different spots of the universe and you can end up finding new things and discovering things early where you might not discover in other games, but the actual, the the variables of the race don't really change the game. So I think I'm with you there, Drex. I think um, just to counter that, I'd say that it's kind of, I think it's difficult to do asymmetric gameplay like that in a sandbox, in a game that's very, you know, oriented more towards the sandbox experience than it is towards the sort of like pressure puzzle thing that we were talking about i think um you can do that in a game like endless endless space because the game is a little bit more constrained so you can sort of lock certain factions out of certain mechanics and give them new ones i think to do that in a sandbox game where you've got this kind of living economy is is actually a little bit you know it's kind of it's difficult so i'm not quite sure how you would do you know like really lean into what your the sort of asymmetry that you're talking about that said I do agree that I think they could have done something a little bit more just to, you know, just something a little bit more than what you've got there. Whether that would fit within the sandbox setting or not, I'm not really sure. But for example, like if the Boscara just had a few more mechanics for for maybe like quickly exterminating planets or just something like that, you know, or maybe for the Tekken, rather than just being able to control mining ships, if you had like, I don't know, like a button you could hit that would give you um, sort of a big bonus to your trade for a certain amount of time. Just think little things like that. I think that if they thought about it a little bit, they, they they could come up with some ways of throwing in some sort of asymmetry between the factions without it breaking the sandbox simulation. 
All right, so we've got a couple of titles from Tactics News. Uh, first one off the rank is Warhammer 40k Chaos Gate Demon Hunters. That's a bit of a mouthful. Uh, I've, I've spent some time with it enough to get an idea of what it's about. It sort of feels like, it, people sort of say it's like XCOM, but 40k, and I feel like people just tend to say that about everything, like everything that has turn-based tactics is XCOM. <laughs> and it's sort of, it feels like somewhere between there and like years tactics. To start off with, you sort of feel a bit, Weak, which is weird because you're playing Grey Knights and you're versing like cultists, regular dudes with just regular guns. But, and then as you get further through and you specialize, you can get really, really powerful and you can zip around all over the map and you can do massive damage. And then it gets more into Gears Tactics territory where it's encouraging aggressive play, which is something, which is something that I feel like Gears Tactics did really, really well. In fact, I think it was the only thing it did really, really well, but that's just me. Yeah. So, no, I've been quite enjoying that. They've put out about, I think, five updates since then and they've all been pretty meaty updates and they've, they're making good doing good work with it and yeah when it launched it was kind of marred a bit i think they did a couple of pretty stupid marketing decisions but it's recovered really really well since then well i think for the first time maybe possibly ever when someone says it's this but xcom it really is that in this case like i, I as i've been playing it i feel the influences from xcom all over the place i mean like everything from the kill shot stuff to the movements and to like just the like even like the home base ship, I mean, like everything about it feels very, very like they've they've done what they. I mean, like you said, like basically made a Warhammer 40k game and, and an XCOM like like gameplay setting. I, I in fact, if it had been a mod, I wouldn't have been surprised. But I mean, that's not to say it's not a great game because I've really liked the character customization and in fact, the character customization in this game is probably the best out of any tactics game I've I've played in a long time because there's so much and there's many different routes you can go and the different classes feel pretty unique. So I I've really liked the game. I like what it's doing and I want to play more of it, but I would say for the first time saying this, but XCOM is actually really freaking accurate. Does anybody really need another Firaxis XCOM clone though? I mean, I love Warhammer stuff, but I don't know if I love it enough to, to basically replay a game that's i mean look i don't really like for axis xcom very much but they a lot of people do and they are pretty good games right so i don't know do we really need more of that i would have i would have preferred them to do something a little bit different with it i think yeah i don't know i think it does something's different of its own like i was saying you know it's got elements of gears tactics in there with with the different play style and it has a lot of similarities to xcom but i think it does enough different that it sort of can stand as its own game instead of just oh this is just a straight clone like it's much heavier like rob was saying on the customization and the specialization and you pretty much have to specialize deep into something from what i remember unless i've changed that uh, because if you don't like you can't really just be a jack of all trades you have to specialize in something so that's uh, it goes in that direction of rewarding players for specialization and customizing everything properly i'm happy that it exists basically like i don't i don't mind that there's another one that exists also there's been a couple of pretty big updates with phantom brigade from brace yourself since we last spoke so the first one was a big overworld overhaul it has essentially what they've done now is they've made it that instead of you're playing as this guerrilla force that's roaming the map and just taking out bases and stuff and trying to retake the whole area now it sort of feels more like you're kind of like a strategic asset like you're you're part of a larger force that's fighting for control of of the whole map, and you just strike at um, specific places that will cause harm, and it's it's really cool. Like you you now when you've taken a couple points in a map and you're sort of 
meter is high enough, you can set it up that, that, that you can contest the province. And that's basically like, like the allied unit, the allied forces and the enemy forces will go to war. And then you're a part of that. And then you can go and fight for points, fight for territory. And they'll actually have allied tanks and stuff that pop up with you now. So it's a whole different ball game. That's, it's a really, really cool update. And the other one, it actually has only just come out. It's just hit experimental. I've really tried it yet, but the big change from that is that they're finally putting in replay. It was a really, really highly requested feature, but they were worried about sort of how hard it was going to be to do. And this looks like it's the first implementation of that. Uh, at the moment, you can only replay single turns, but at the end goal is to have it that you can replay the entire map, which I don't think it'd be like I, the the best one that I can remember that did it was Battlestar Galactica Deadlock. I don't think it'd be exactly like that. But even something close would be really, really cool because I, re- I loved having those cinematic replays where you can have Viper cam and just watch the battles going on from the, from the cockpit of the Viper. Yeah, I'm curious to know when Phantom Brigade is actually going to release because they've done a really good job of ma- basically like shoring up some of the like polish items that I think a lot of them, a lot of the player base is requesting. And now at this point, like they've got all this stuff going on and the game's damn good. It's really solid. You know, a lot of the combat was. I guess like it was kind of bare bones at first when they first came out, but now there's like so many different options. There's so many different weapon options. Like I imagine that they've got to be really close to release because I just don't know what else there is to put in that game before they put it out. So I thought they were going to wait until the year mark with their Epic release and then push it out to steam, but they haven't done that yet either. So God, I imagine that we're, we're really close to it. And, and that's a game that I really want to get back into as well, because that, is a game I think that I haven't given nearly enough time to. Like I've I've kind of like dove in a few times, seen what it was all about, and then been like, all right, I'm gonna come back to this when it's ready to go. So I think once it's finished and ready, I believe I'll actually have a good time with that one. So I don't know if you know if there's a an actual release date or like a, a release window, but I kind of imagine it's pretty soon, right? Yeah, they've been a bit cagey about it. I know with Industries of Titan, it released a couple of months after the year mark. So they don't seem very worried about holding back on release until they think it's ready, which I think is a smart decision because now with early access on Steam, because they've got the reviews, if you release it and it's not in a state where it's not ready, where it's ready, it'll just get nuked into the ground. And we've seen it happen over and over again lately. So I think that they've got the attitude at the moment of holding back until it's ready, until they feel it's ready, which I think is smart. I think there's one other major update that they are hoping to get at either before or just after it hits Steam. So I'd imagine it's not far away. Because they've they've done the overworld, they've done the re- well started on the replays, and the next one, next big one was the pilot system. They're going to have the pilot progression system. I think something kind of like what BattleTech does, and they also want to have a rival pilots where if you go in a battle and there's like an enemy that gets away or something like an enemy pilot ejects, they'll get another mech and they'll come back after you. So. I don't want to say Nemesis system, but kind of like the Nemesis system. <laughs> it, it sounds awesome. I'm pretty sure that's the next big update on the horizon. And from what I remember, they were saying they weren't sure whether it would be in before or after the release. So, I mean, I'm not going to claim to have insider information, but I'm guessing maybe in the next couple of months, it might hit Steam. It's just a guess, but that's, that's all I've got. Um, I'm going to mention Warhammer 3. This uh, update 1.20 fixed a lot of problems that players had like ever since release, basically. C- uh, Creative Assembly have been really, really slow 
to put out patches. I think they're I think they're basically making sure that any changes that they make are not going to break things in a big way because they don't really have much community goodwill at the moment um, with with how badly with how shoddy that that release was. I mean, I I remember thinking that it probably wasn't as bad as other people were, certain people were making out. However, I've not really gone back to that game. I don't know why. It's, something about it hasn't grabbed me. And I don't know if it's just the factions in the game just aren't like I just don't really care about kids level cafe really. I don't think they're very well designed factions. And you know, the, I do like the demon factions, but they're all I don't know. It's just a bit of a weird campaign. So anyway, uh, so there's been this big patch. Also, they've just uh, dropped a, a trailer for the Immortal Empires campaign, which is going to be released in beta in quarter three of this. People are guessing that it's going to be around summer. Yeah, sorry, end of summer, maybe September, something like this. So this is the big um, conjoined map that you get if you own all three games, so Warhammer 1, 2, and 3. And it's basically the experience that most people want, I think, for for Warhammer 3, because, like I said, the campaign didn't really go down very well. So I think this is going to be a make-or-break moment for Creative Assembly. They've really got to get this right. And because it's entering into early access, a lot of people are concerned that it's going to be a real mess when it comes out. I've got my eye on Warhammer 3. I, re- I really like the, War- the Total War Warhammer series. They're like one of my favorite games. But I think, yeah, Creative Assembly, they're, they're being a bit cagey about saying exactly when these when it's going to come out because I think they just want to make sure that it's right because they can't upset the fan base any more than they already have done here. Yeah, I would say that's a good call that they're holding off and sort of waiting until everything works right before they release it. I haven't touched it in a while either because when it launched, I, I didn't mind the campaigns. Like I would have been pretty happy with it, but I remember I had just technical issues out the, out the rear, you know, like I had all these crashes and frame issues. I know you didn't really get much of them, but there were pretty really widespread complaints about it. But I mean, it's, you know, it's just launched. It's a massive game and it's like, I, I wasn't happy with the state it was in, but I also didn't feel like the need to go and burn down the forums over it. I just went, you know, I've already bought the thing. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to play it anyway because it's Warhammer. Of course, I'm going to play it. So I'll just sit here and just, just let it sit until they've brought out a few updates. Because, you know, it's their baby, right? They've, they've got to support it. So wait till they've got a few updates, the Immortal campaign comes out, and then get back into it. So, Yeah, it's been a bit of a weird one. I think the, I, I think we're in the situation now where the community have had their say, basically, and they've made it quite clear very loudly for months, over and over again, exactly how they feel about it. So it's kind of, we've got to the point now where we, I think they, they just need to shut up about it now and let Creative Assembly get on with fixing it and, you know, just provide useful feedback rather than just saying if you go onto the steam forums one out of every three posts is basically somebody making the same point that they've been making ever since the game was released you know oh this game sucks in some way and it's just i think it's just been so damaging to the community in general now at this point like i think people should be absolutely should complain about things if they if they've received a product they're paid for that isn't what they've expected um then yeah fair enough I, i i think that you're absolutely you should complain and you should be allowed to complain. However, you know, let's say if you get a pizza and it's not any good, you send it back, right? Um, you can't really do that with a video game, but you don't send the pizza back 30 times. And you don't keep sending it back every single time that you go into the same restaurant to get a pizza. Do you know what I mean? That's kind of the point that it's got to now with how the community are dealing with this issue. So let's hope that everyone kind of calms down a little bit now and just sort of maybe goes away and plays something else for a little bit and then waits until Immortal Empires comes out and then judge the game based on that. Because I think that's what really people want. You know, that's the big, big campaign is what everyone's after. No, I get your point and I agree. Um, You know, like you give your feedback and then just leave it there. So yeah, hopefully Immortal Immortal Empires comes out and it's what everyone hopes it will be or, you know, comes out in a good state anyway. Now, continuing on in the Warhammer vein, we've got the Gladius uh, Warhammer 40k Gladius Escalation Pack came out with the Skulls for the Skull Throne sale. 
So it's another unit pack. So the Chaos Space Marines are getting Forge Fiends, which is just a walker unit with twin rotary guns. Tyranids get Hive Guards. Adeptus Mechanicus gets Katari Rangers, which I think does a really good job of shoring up their early game because they get something with better range than the standard Skatari Vanguard. Space Marines get Scouts. Astra Militarums get Devil Dogs. So it's a tank unit with armor-melting cannons. Necrons get the Ghost Arc, so a transport with healing abilities. Craftworld Adari get Hornets, a recon schema unit. Orcs get Megatrack Scrapjets. I love Orcs. They've just got the funniest names for everything. It's awesome. Uh, metal Tube covered in things that make enemies die. And the Tau get the Tiger Shark. Flying Super Heavy Fighter Bomber unit equipped with maximum firepower. That sounds pretty cool. So, yeah, obviously unit pack. There's a lot of... I think there's a lot of units in here that do a good job at shoring up gaps that sort of felt like they were in the existing armies. Like the only one I've played recently is Admech, but I think the Vanguard Rangers do a good job of shoring up that early game. So yeah, there's some pretty good stuff there. Yeah, another game I want to get back to, but we'll uh, we'll wait. Anyway, so there's also a really big release in the 4X world and that Old World finally came to Steam and with it, it actually released a new nation the Hittites, Hittites, I don't know how you pronounce that, but I've always said Hittites. And the Hittites are like a more farming oriented, I think it was, I forgot, shoot, I shouldn't even say anything because I'm going to look like an idiot. But yeah, they've came out with a new nation and the the Johnsons, Soren and Layla, did an interview on a podcast recently where they were talking about Old World and like its future. And they basically made it pretty clear that they plan on getting into other regions. So they were talking about like India and maybe even parts of Asia. So I can expect, we can expect expansions and old world to, to see those parts of the area or parts of the world kind of touched on and in new factions coming from those areas. So I thought that was pretty cool. They were saying that, you know, the Indian and Asian, you know, that those regions weren't, aren't really represented in games like that very much. And they thought it'd be cool to have, especially Indians. I think they really went into like the Indian, you know, subcultures and stuff like that. And talked about that a lot. So I think we can expect that to come later, which is pretty cool. Actually, I'll say this, it's being received well, but it's not being received as well as I thought it would be. I expected it to be in like the nineties and it's, you know, like, I think the last time I saw it, it was sitting in the 70s or 80s, which I was actually really surprised by. And in fact, I'm looking at this now. It's very positive with 81%. Yeah, so it's not as high as I'd expected it. And some people are saying that it's actually like quite hard and quite boring. And, you know, that the things that are being done in this game aren't really all that great. But then there's also a lot of people with some technical issues as well. So I always knew that there was performance issues with some setups. I know that my last PC, I had some issues with it, but now that I've got my new graphics card, it it seems to have really sped up the game or at least, you know, created less of a performance issue for me. But that seems to be the biggest complaint of performance issues. I mean, there's people that say this is the best Forex I've ever played. You know, the best time I've ever had with Forex games, amazing game, blah, 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 blah. But then there's also a lot of people with technical issues and then people just don't really like the character system. So I think it's funny that you can actually turn off the character system and people are complaining about that with the Steam the Steam reviews, but those are Steam reviews for you, you know, like complaining about yeah. things that <laughs> don't ex- don't really have, don't, you know, complaining about problems that don't actually exist. So uh, one thing I will say about Old World is, is that the Forex community seems to be a buzz with it. So most of the chat about Forex games that are coming out at the moment are about Old World. So it's definitely got the Forex 
you know the smaller forex community within the, the the broader pc gaming community it's got them quite excited and talking and uh, yeah i think you've nailed it rob most people seem to like it i think um but there are some people who feel that the character system is a little bit too too prominent like it's a little bit too prominent in the sense that um, if you're not paying attention to the way that you develop your characters and the interactions that happen and the political stuff you can lose the game really without realizing it and so yeah i think it seems it seems like a strange choice to build a game pretty much around that and then to give you the options to turn it off because if you turn that off basically it's kind of like it's kind of like civ 5 isn't it except set in a it's set in the medieval period sorry not medieval period in the ancient world the game's main draw is that it's got this kind of crusader king's style thing behind it so i don't know it kind of bemuses me when i see people sort of saying oh i like this game but i really don't like the character system i, I, I remember ray fowler saying something like that he was like uh, i enjoyed the game once i turned off all the character-based interactions <laughs> i thought that was quite amusing yeah that's weird to me because i actually find that the most interesting about it like i just the the fact that, that every game feels different and that you know depending on how your characters develop and how they interact with other characters can create a lot of events i mean there's like well over 3000 events in the game and you know all those events are are triggered based on you know certain setups and certain character interactions and stuff like that and to see like people complaining about that which i think is the most unique part of the game and the most fun in my opinion i, I i'm just kind of blown away by that so yeah whatever everybody's you know they're all it's all subjective and to each their own but I like it, and and a lot of our forex fan base, like our forex like niche group, likes it a lot too. So, I'd like to talk to, about a game I've I've enjoyed in the past, which was a uh, For the King, which is kind of like um, a JRPG combat system mixed with a strategy game, mixed with a roguelike, where you control up to three characters, and you can also, I mean, as we were talking about Talisman earlier, this is a great game to play with friends because you can play up to three players. And they've just announced that For the King 2 is coming. Now, I got pretty excited, and apparently it's not coming out until 2023, but it's I don't think any of you guys have played it, but it's be quite fun, actually, for us to do a stream of it, maybe, if we all grab a copy. But basically what it is, is um, you start off on an overworld map, and uh, like I said, it's up to three characters, but you're not locked into moving on the overworld together you can actually sort of go off and do your own stuff and maybe visit other shops and buy stuff for your friends in one shop while someone else goes off and does something else and then you can also like hire boats and pick each other up and then but the main point of the game is you have these uh different dungeons spotted around and as you go through the dungeons it sort of switches to like um yeah like a jrpg sort of final fantasy style tactics game where you sort of take turns uh, it's really fun it's so yeah definitely one for everyone to look out for i've actually got this game but i've never played it so i as you were talking i've just started to install it and i'll have a look and see what it see what it's all about but i'm always up for playing cooperative games like that it sounds like uh something that you know might be really good fun to play with your friends yeah i mean there's like it's kind of yeah the combat is although it's not like moving around like XCOMs, you do have the epic fell <laughs> roles like XCOM, <laughs> and it can be quite hilarious with mates yeah i have it i bought it but i never actually played it so i should probably do that i should yeah anyway there's a lot more so let's continue on i'll go ahead and just knock out the fact that there's been some other releases too including Interstellar Space Genesis, Evolving Empires, which we did a great interview with the two main guys behind that being Adam and Keith. 
and me and Drexy were able to talk to them about the stuff that was coming out to that game for that game before it came out, which is pretty exciting. And since then, I've been playing it. And I love it. I really do. In fact, it's one of the only 4X games that I have been playing. And then the Dune Spice Wars Early Access came out too. And it's been received really well, actually. It's sold extraordinarily well. And I know that they're continuing with some great future changes and, and updates to it. They've got a great roadmap that includes you know a lot of the things that people are wanting from the game, including new unit types and also new factions, which I think is going to be great. And it sounds like they're just going full steam ahead with that one. So I'm really excited. And then finally, you know, a big one that we haven't really talked about that I, you know, I really wanted to get down and, and do a review for was Galactic Civilizations 4. And I did a huge preview for it about a month before it came out. And, you know, I kind of wrote myself out with Galactic Civilizations 4 because I, I, I was like 5,000 words. And I wanted to come back and revisit it for a review, but I just haven't had time. And I haven't actually played it since it came out, which is insane. So, you know, I uh, I think it'll happen eventually, just maybe not anytime soon. Maybe with the first expansion, because I know they have expansions planned. So, yeah. So those are three major 4X games, really, that have come out. And, you know, I did want to talk about a couple things that are sort of like smaller things real quick. Alliance of the Sacred Sons is going to be doing a closed beta, and the signups are starting right now. And they started yesterday, at the time, of the t- the time we're recording this. And they'll be going on for two weeks. And a lot of the things that they're showing, a lot of the screenshots are showing of the new UI and the new like emperor system and basically like that, the overhauls that they've done with a lot of the various UI elements, they look great. And I'm really liking the idea that Steve Hawkins is like making this sort of like a role-playing game with some grand strategy elements. And I think that's going to work out really well for them because I think it's going to be really unique to Alliance of the Sacred Suns. So that is coming, and if you're interested, go ahead and sign up. Uh, just want to mention, bloody Hoodie Horse Games. They've taken like an extra 12 games now, haven't they, or something? <laughs> yeah, that's actually something yeah, that's I, I forgot. We were, I wanted to mention that. I'm glad you brought, you brought that up. But like Hooded Horse, who is the they, – they initially took on Terra Invicta and the Alliance of Sacred Sons, and then there was another game. Oh, yeah, Falling Frontier. Those are the first three games that they snatched up to to publish. And then with Old World, I feel like they kind of like became something that people were starting to take notice of because they got Old World and they published Old World for Steam. And now they have 13, no, sorry, 14 games because 13 games was before they just announced that they also are are publishing Clan Folk, which they just announced yesterday. So they've got 14 games and that's insane. I couldn't even tell you. I mean, all of them, the funny thing is all of them are games that I want to play. So it's clear that Tim, the man, the like the the brains behind Hooded Horse, there has his ear to the ground and really understands strategy games. And you know, I, I, it's almost like they're becoming the new Microprose. Like they're even though Microprose exists, they're like they're snatching up all these great strategy games, and they've got some like you know strategy RPGs and just a lot of great stuff that I'm really excited about. So uh, they're doing they're doing some great stuff, and. Yeah, it's just it all kind of started with these like three kind of unknown games. I mean, Terra Invicta was huge, and Falling Frontier has become huge, and Alliance of the Sacred Sons is you know it's it's been well known from like this little small group of four X fans for some time, but now they've they're they've expanded. They're like they've got this like conglomerate, this monopoly on on strategy games, which I'm really excited about. So, 
Oh, they got against the storm as well. No. Oh, sh- yeah. No, seriously. We did that? Wow. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, we did that whole yeah. podcast episode on it. So, yeah, they, they. I mean, all our interviews, like for the past maybe year, have been. been like, I know. They've all been snatched up by Hooded Horse. I feel like we should get Hooded Horse on and talk to Tim about like what he's doing because. I feel like in a, in some ways it's kind of interesting to know like what the business decisions are like, you know, behind the scenes and what what his plans are. Like, are are he is he like trying to take over a strategy gaming or what? Like, I don't know. It'd be cool to have him on. I want to ask Tim where he planted the bugs because somehow every game that we talk about or that we like, he somehow gets a hold of. Well, like I, I said this before, he he listens to this podcast, so I know he he picks up on some of the stuff that we're talking about and some of the things that we pick through with our curator and stuff, because he's a pretty uh, avid follower of us. So I I do believe that he's getting some of it, at least the idea of some of it from us. So yeah, no, I'm, if that's the case, I want to uh, just mention the name shadows of forbidden gods and uh, see what happens with that one. Well, yeah, tell us about it. No, I just, I think that would be a good game for hooded horse to pick up if it's not already got a publisher. Shadows of Forbidden Gods, it's kind of a little bit like Alliance of the Sacred Sons in the sense that it's not a 4X game, but it's definitely, a t- it's a turn-based strategy game where you have a world map with some existing nations and they're, some of them are at war, but for the most part, they're kind of getting on and you've got these heroes that move around the map. And your idea is that you are this cult that's trying to bring around the end of the world. So you're pitting the characters on the map against one another. It's very a little bit like Crusader Kings 3, although, you know, not quite, doesn't really go into the same kind of depth. But it's it's interesting. It kind of plays like a board game. You have five hundred turns basically to actually to destroy the world, and you have agents, and you you create agents, and the agents go and do missions like burning down for, uh, farms to weaken certain cities, so that you can get your agents in. Uh, you corrupt them, and then you start spreading uh, this shadow. And the shadow, the more shadow you have, the, the more sort of victory points you have, I guess. But the shadow only spreads, you know, in a certain way. And there's different gods that you can pick at the start of the game. Anyway, uh, Shadow of the Forbidden Gods, it's, it's a really interesting game. It's, it's still in kind of, it's early access. It's a little bit bare bones at the moment, but it's a really deep game in there. I think if you've not, if you've, if this has not popped up on your radar yet, you definitely should take a look. It's, it's certainly one of the most original games that I've seen, most original new games that I've seen for a while. Um, and yeah, like the, the nearest thing I can think of it, is probably Alliance of the Sacred Sons in the sense that it's it's a game where you've got a mission, you've got to complete it in a certain time limit, and it's a lot. It, there's, it's very much about diplomatic actions and espionage, um, as as much as it is military conquest. Yeah, great stuff. I'm eager to see more gameplay of it. So, I know that Daz did a Daz Tactic did a really long. He's done some like intro videos to it, and like it basically is like tutorial videos that I, I definitely want to check out and see if it's something I want to I want to play. So. Yeah, it does likes it. I think, um, like, I think it's one. Of, it's going to be one of these games where we keep our eye on it because it's the, my complaint about it right now is this: it's it's clearly built in Unity, and it seems to be using like I don't know, like I don't mean to I don't mean to disparage it, but it kind of even if the all the artwork has been made for the game, it kind of feels like a Unity game that's been made with with stock Unity library assets. Do you know what I mean? Like the the hex map, it almost looks exactly like Wizards and Warlords and that other. What's that other one that's got wizards in the title? Wizard wizards and warriors, or, or wizard warfare? Yeah, yeah. Wiz- uh, whatever. Wizards and warriors and wizard warfare are two games that basically look exactly the same, and it's got that same kind of like generic hex map that's used in Unity. So I think it's one of these games where if if they if it had a bigger develop, you know, if it wasn't just one guy basically, because I believe it's just one guy, and then he's got some, you know, he's he's kind of got artists and musicians to kind of come and do stuff. I think if it, if it was given to 
if you, if that developer actually got more help with the game, that could be a really really good game. I think it could be you know like a bit of a breakout classic. As it is, it might be held back by the fact that it just feels a little bit low budget, and obviously. You know, when you're a developer, you're programming, you're game designing, you're probably not going to be able to do all the art assets, the music and all the sound effects and all that kind of stuff as well. So, yeah, with that in mind, go and check it out. I think it's it's something that our that our community would appreciate because it is very, very interesting. And if you like interesting games that haven't really been done before, that's the one. Yeah, great stuff. And so next, and we're going to kind of wrap the news portion up here soon is that the post-apocalyptic 4X game revival recolonization, which we also did an interview with the developers last year, and I know that they plan to full release later this year, has come up with a new demo. It's basically the whole game. It's basically like an open beta, really, of, of, of many, by any other name, really. But they have a lot of new updates to the game, and it's probably worth checking out really honestly if you if you were trying to like kind of figure out this is a game that you're going to want to play eventually i think it's a good idea to come look at it now that the, they've done some really cool things with the like strategic resources they've done some you know nice art improvements and they've also fleshed out the whole like starting tribe thing so now you can like start with a, a i think a variety of uh, six different tribes but you know, like that changes like how you end up going about the game and where your your favorite biomes are or what your favorite biomes are. And it's a game that I want to get into and, and maybe do like a let's play for because I think that the new demo kind of starts to really finally feel like the game that they've been talking about the the, the final product will be. So yeah, that's uh that's about it. There's a lot more stuff that we probably could have talked about, but we're really cutting. I can't. We we basically has been speaking about news for 45 minutes because there's just so much to catch up on. So uh let's see there's a there's a few other things we want to do in the future like i guess what we want to say is that you know for the most part we we apologize for not really having more episodes you know that we haven't really sat down and talked and haven't done any of our discussions in a while but you know as we mentioned in the early part of this podcast that we have all had sort of like these big life moments you know i don't want to get too much into anybody else's stuff and my stuff for real is just basically life you know like uh, life throws a bunch of you know, wrenches in the cogs a lot and, you know, how you deal with it is really, it, it changes who you are and how you look at life. And my, my changes have meant that I don't really, like we've said, like, I, I don't really feel the same passion for strategy and Forex games right now that I, that I normally do. I mean, I clearly still follow them. I still know about what's going on and I still play them. I'm just not playing them the way that I used to, you know, there's a lot of other things that are taking priority for me right now. And, and living life is a priority right now. Like this, with after two years of a, of a pandemic, and you know, here in the United States, there's like this a lot of, a lot of civil unrest. And lordy, do we know that you know here on Monday, you know, in in the United States, I expect there to be quite a bit of civil unrest because of a huge Supreme Court, you know, decision. So when you start to like look at the whole picture of everything that's been going on the last couple of years, and you take a step back and you you start to look at your priorities and things. I I've just realized that right now exploitate's not my priority. I, I want to be there. I still want to do this and I still want to keep this thing going. But you know, I want to be with my family and I want to I want to spend time with them. And I, I also want to kind of just focus on some of my other hobbies. So with that though, we do have plans to eventually get into AI War 2 because they finally have like finished it, quote unquote. And we had all talked about like playing it and diving into it a little bit 
And there's a bunch of other games that we could do that with, you know, like Dune Spice Wars. I want to do that eventually with with that one because I know, you know, towards the you know the end of their development cycle, I want to kind of like dive into it as a group and see what's going on with that. And and yeah, and then we have a couple of cool topics that I know Ben brought up one. Ben, what was it that you brought up the other day that you wanted to talk about? Oh yeah, okay. So I think it was to do with just talking about how to manage like large Forex games, basically, because I think one of the one of the critiques that people have about Forex is that they become kind of boring in the late game. And one of the ways that I think people mitigate that is by trying to make the maps bigger. And, and that's not always that manageable. But after playing that massive Shadow Empire series where I had the, just the biggest game ever, basically, I've, I would never, ever voluntarily pick a map with that many factions and you know that many variables again i don't think <laughs> but having you know because i was driven to finish it and i learned a few things so i i think it might be in whether it would be a good podcast or not i'm not sure but if it's not a good podcast it might make a good youtube video but basically just discuss you know what settings do you like to play with and how do you manage sort of sticking at some of these games because i know that retention for players when they play large games certain kinds of players really love to they'll immediately just play gal 3 on the biggest map possible they'll you know remnants of the precursors they'll just like have thousands of gallic you know thousands of stars but most people don't do that and i think most people eventually get turned off when there's just too much like micromanagement or there's too many units to kind of juggle and i think there are ways of mitigating that so i think that's one thing that we could talk about i don't know if it's going to be like a podcast worth but you know that it, we might be able to tie into some sort of greater umbrella sort of concept or you know topic of you know how is it that you like playing your forex games basically what sort of settings do you like and what are the sort of things that you you know do you like having large games do you like small quick ones because of time constraint that kind of thing yeah so clearly i think that'd be a lot of fun to talk about and clearly we're trying to like conjure up some great ideas for uh, discussion topics so if you have some please let us know you, know you can let us know in the discord or on our steam forums or even through anchor.fm which is where we're hosted so like any of those ways that you want to reach out to us or even through twitter wherever, wherever your preferred reach out platform is just reach out to us and let us know what you guys want us to talk about and of course if any of you any of you out there want to come on and join us we'd love to have you so you know, that's, that's an always, that invitation is always there. So anyways, do you guys have anything else before we wrap this episode up? I'd just like to say it's really nice that we're back together again. It's been a little while. It has been. You sounded yeah, like you had a little tear in your eye there, Sean. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm just trying to like speak around the crow. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's been really nice to catch up, man. Cause yeah, like I said, it's been a while and you know, with the interviews, maybe it was only like two of us on and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's been a while since we've all been together. So, yeah, it's nice to catch up. Uh, this is something that I was saying on this. Uh, Sean and I recorded a, sh- a channel update for YouTube, which I think we're probably going to re-record. But Explorinate's in a bit of a weird place at the moment because none of us can really... Because we all live on different sides of the planet and it's difficult getting us all together as it is. I mean, as as it is now, I'm I'm sat here at five in the morning and I've been up all night, you know, to be able to wait for this. So... Um, it's difficult for us to do and so uh, sorry that we haven't done so much however we are we are going to be you know putting out more content there's going to be more stuff for youtube uh we're going to be writing more articles for the site it's going to be ticking along just don't expect it to be quite as regular as it was in the past i think that's a fair thing to say isn't it the guys here have been saying that they've been kind of like not really feeling video games that just happens you know human beings will have you'll you'll have to have breaks from things just as you know part of life and 
like even if you're not busy sometimes you just need to do other things with yourself so you know that's it's part of the whole thing about managing managing yourself as a person yeah i think uh, it is really nice to get back and chat with you guys again and you know just talk about games basically because it's something that we all you know we all love and we all like to talk about <laughs> yeah no i think that's a good statement like um i don't know if I didn't intend to sort of come across as, I don't know if I came across negative or any way or anything like that, but it's, you know, like we, we all, as we've said, you know, we've all taken some hits, but it's like, we are still here and we still care about what we're doing. We just, um, you know, like things come at you in life and you've just got to adjust to it and figure it out, you know, and then once we figure it out, well, or as we are figuring things out, we'll get back into it and continue producing things, but we're just re- readjusting basically to what's going on. So, yeah, know, we are still here and we still care. So, yeah. Explore it's in a bit of a funny place because it's only really Rob and Sean who actually play new games. Like Drexy doesn't even play 4X games anymore. And I just tend to play like old kind of like battle mode games, basically, like the Ill Winter stuff and, you know, kind of digging up these kind of stuff from like 2005. So, you know, it, it will probably will be good. I think I heard a rumor that Nate might be coming back on just for a, you know, for a podcast at some point over the summer. I think it'd be interesting to hear his perspective on how where things are. And maybe if we got some more more perspectives on you know kind of where games are at the moment because i'm a little bit jaded i don't really like that many new games that are coming out they just don't really excite me for some reason so when something weird like like shadows of forbidden gods comes up uh you know that that kind of my ears will prick up there because it's actually something that's not really been done before Um, but I i do think that it would be good to have somebody on you know to talk to people who are who've got their ear to the ground with regards to stuff like you know some of the more sort of mainstream new games that have come out that we've you know, that Rob might have talked about, but the rest of us kind of like bypassed. Well, hold on. I would like to state something. It's not that I don't play Forex games. It's that there's nothing that's really exciting me at the moment. I got really excited for Distant Worlds 2, but of course, as we discussed all the issues with that, it's, uh, well, it could be in the place now, but it's not been in the place where it needs to be for me to actually dive in and play. So I don't know. I just need something to come along that reinvigors that love for forex for me again yeah here here that's exactly how i feel as well man yeah no sorry i was just (laughs) i got distracted i was looking at hooded horses menagerie now of games and i just realized literally every one of them are games that i want to play i mean like just i know we've already talked about this and i know i'm totally diverging off this but like manor lords which is a game that i've been watching for some time is there one of their new pickups of course they've got old world and then this espiocracy which is basically like a grand strategy game with espionage i mean like i don't know these guys picked up some really cool games i really want to i want to play them yeah can we just go around and like which one is everyone most excited for for me it's um fallen frontiers is the one that's got got my eye at the moment and terry and victor as well yeah it's funny i'm sorry (laughs) god Oh my god. Okay, fine. Let me address what was said before. I'm only joking, no, Rob. I'm, <laughs> let me, no, let me address this. I'm like, only joking, mate. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was hearing you. I guys, I heard you guys. Like I like Explorate is something pretty special to me, right? Like I I I, I do want to address that. So like I I guess I as that was wrapping up, I started to like watch this look, but I, I'm not I don't want to like make it seem like I'm not like I am not involved or like is as maybe as touched or something i don't know i don't where are my emotions i have no emotions i no like the idea that like this thing is something that's been going on for almost i mean it will be eight years here in just a couple months which is insane to me and you know i 
I don't want to ever let it go. Like it's something that really has brought a lot of joy to me. It's I, I definitely have seen this like crazy awesome community grow around it and really stick around it, which is even more important, right? And it, it's been it's been a great journey. And I think that regardless of the fact that we haven't really been like super productive lately, that that's just the way this is going to go. Like it 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 will ebb and flow, and you know there will be peaks and valleys and. Unfortunately, we're in a valley right now, which is fine, you know, and, but I, I just don't see that valley ever becoming something where, you know, it, it'll never come back. You know, we, we, I did that for a minute. I, I thought it was going to be over because I didn't think I could handle this and uh, an epi- or a pandemic, I guess was what it was. And, you know, all the crazy stuff that was going on at the time. And I realized at the end of the day, like I'd rather, I'd rather hold on to it, even if it means that we're not doing much and it's sort of in the background than to let go of it entirely. And so that's where we're at right now is we're, we're in a valley and that's okay. It's a small valley, but we'll, we're starting to climb back up and we'll, we'll reach another peak and we'll, we'll put out something else that we are really proud of eventually, I'm sure. So there's a lot of things that we have done that we have created through this website, through this podcast, through the, you know, the various things that we do through the YouTube channel that I'm really proud of. I think Explorinate should be proud of. And we've had some really great contributors to doing all that. And I am excited that Nate will be back on and it might be a, like a semi-permanent thing actually. So it's not like he's just coming on for one episode. I think he wants to come join us for an episode like, you know, every couple of months. So I, I think that'll be great because a fresh perspective from from Nate and someone who's who's really taken a long break from video games would be good to hear. And uh, I think that his passion and his excitement might make us more excited too. So, but cool, he can replace me then. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I can start listening to the podcast. <laughs> there <then>. you go. <laughs> <laughs> and to answer answer your question, I think that Falling Frontier is probably my favorite. Actually, it's probably up there with. There's another one I want. I I really like. I mean, it's it's it sounds like a. a you know, a cheap cop out, but like I'm mean, almost every game on their list is a game that I'm excited about, but between I'd say falling frontier and fragile existence, they're probably my, my two most anticipated games only because I've played a lot of the other ones. I'm fortunate enough to be involved in, in some ways with Terra Invicta and Alliance of the sacred sons. And, you know, I've even played clan folk, which is a game that I thought was really cool. And we played, we played against the storm and, the Fata Deum game is a game that I actually kickstarted, so I've been playing that in their their like closed beta through the Kickstarter. So, of the games that I haven't played, which aren't many, the the two space RTS games are the the ones that are really exciting for me. So, I think Fragile Existence looks like it could be a game that either is going to be amazing or it's going to be like too much micro and suck. But Falling Frontier, by far and away, looks amazing, and I think the like everything I've seen from that and everything that comes out for that makes me want it more. So I'm with you, Trexy. Falling Frontier is probably my excited, my most anticipated hooded horse game. Yeah, I'll jump in and parrot that too. I think Falling Frontier is at the top of my list. So like every time there's a new trailer that comes out or every time I see some new little tidbit of news, it just gets me more excited about it. And it, it rem- I'm pretty sure I said it when we talked to Todd that it reminds me of Conquest Frontier Wars that came out ages ago and that was incredible. They never made another one, never did anything with it. And this looks like the closest thing that we're going to get to that as a modern title. 
but then they've expanded on it even further and it just it looks incredible so yeah that's the top of my list as well I feel bad because I don't even know what this Fronting, Falling Frontiers game is. I don't think I've even seen any videos about it. <laughs> I didn't listen to the podcast either. Sorry, guys. I'm sure it's cool. <laughs> but I just don't know anything about it. So maybe I should get excited about this game too. Because if, if you all three of you guys are really excited about it, it's probably going to be good. Yeah, I mean, it's like a smaller scale RTS that like takes on... I think it's actually true to physics. I don't remember... Maybe maybe Sean will remember. Is it true to physics or is it like mostly true to physics? Mostly, yeah. He was talking about there was a balance between gameplay and simulation kind of thing. So like where where it makes sense, like, you know, they'll have proper physical ballistic weapons. Like if you fire a shot, you can actually miss or you can impact different parts of the ship and stuff. Yeah. So stuff like that is the simulation kind of thing. But then there's other things that, you know, they'd, yeah, basically the balance, yeah, between gameplay and sim. So some of it is is realistic. It's basically the expanse. Like it's it, it clearly, I think... I feel like I remember him saying that he took a lot of inspiration from the expanse, but like it's basically the expanse in like an RTS slash four X form. And it looks amazing. And it, it I mean, like yeah. it looks amazing, but it, uh, like the gameplay also looks like it'd be a lot of fun. So yeah, you should check it out, Ben. I think you're look, you're, you're going to be as excited as we are. Anyways, we've talked a lot. We have a lot to still talk about, I'm sure, but we're going to wrap it up at this point. I, I, you know, I, I would have to admit that this is, I, you know, it's funny because like you get out of the habit of something and you like kind of think, oh, whatever, you know, like oh, we'll eventually get back to it. And like you almost don't do it again because you're not like, you know, you have so much to do. And, and I guess what I'm trying to say is that like we were, we've been talking about doing this podcast for a couple of weeks and then things kept popping up and I kind of made it like, the last thing that I would get to, but now I realize that I should have made it a first thing because I've 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 enjoyed myself, guys. It's been fun. Yeah, now you're showing the emotion <laughs> <laughs> there you go. when you're not thinking about falling frontiers. <laughs> I see where your love lies. So. Yeah, no, I know it's been fun though, and I I forgot how much fun this is. I I was like, all right, I'm going to bed no later than in midnight, and it's you know twenty past, and I'm still like, I still want to talk, but I know I should go to bed. So. Yeah, I guess it's been really great. You know, uh, I'll I'll uh, I'll sign us off by thanking each of you to uh, for everything and for sticking around and coming back to us and and for this great conversation. So Ben, it's really good to hear from you, buddy. Anytime, Rob. Thanks, man. It's really good to catch up. Yeah, absolutely. And Drex, I will never forget your Duke Nukem voice for as long as I live. It was good to talk to you too, baby. <laughs> 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 I, I i love that too much i do i really do and sean um i know you're about to probably try to pull off your american accent and i love it just want to say it wasn't that oh, i think drexy just reminded me of one of those duke Nukem's lines wasn't it like hail to the king baby yeah something like you're that. right that's exactly yeah that was the thing why do i remember that i don't know anyway <laughs> um yeah no it's it's really good to be back so Thanks for having us, man. Oh, that was terrible. Whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's good to be back. <laughs> that was awful. Yeah. That's all right. Just keep, just keep the first one. That's that's the best one. <laughs> just, we'll just copy and paste it there. <laughs> I kind of like tried to switch from Australia to American right there, and it just completely flops. <laughs> no, we'll just, we'll just leave that first one for posterity. Oh, God. That was great. Yeah. Hail to the king, baby. Yeah, there you go. Yes. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. Yeah, I kept trying to say, like, whatever it was like, uh, I'm here to chew gum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubble. I don't remember what he says. I love it. 
That's all. I've got. Damn it! <laughs> all right, guys. I'm gonna kill you. That that's not what he says ever. That's never. Yeah. <laughs> that's just no. scary. Yeah. <laughs> hey, well, this was Rob, Ben, Drexy, and Sean for Explominates, and until next time, keep exploring.